Welcome to the Adoptive Dad Playbook. Sit back, relax, and let's chalk up a game plan with your host and coach, David Bishlon. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Adoptive Dad Playbook. This is going to be our fourth episode, and if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Glad to have you. If you're returning, thanks for tuning back in. Today's episode is going to be a good one. But before we get to that, I want to thank everybody that has been listening and has been sharing the podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a five-star review and or like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All those are up at the Adoptive Dad Playbook. If anybody has any ideas or suggestions or guests they think would be great for this podcast, shoot me an email at theadoptivedadplaybook at gmail.com. I'm also now having uh, the podcast on YouTube. It's just a recording. It's not actually no moving pictures, as they like to say, just a recording. But if you're interested in listening to it on YouTube, it's Adoptive Dad Playbook. Our first three episodes are up and available to listen there. Something I'm going to start doing uh, every episode on the playbook is we're going to highlight an adoption agency and charitable organization or just really anybody or anything that deals with adoption. And I got to start today with one that's near and dear to my heart and been a part of our family for 50 years and just one of the original adoption agencies internationally, at least in the United States, and that is Holt International. They've really been doing international adoptions for 60 years. Started with Harry and Bertha Holt. Uh, Harry went over on a mission trip to South Korea after the Korean War and saw the plight of Korean orphans and him and Bertha decided they wanted to adopt, but there really was no way to adopt internationally at that time. So Harry and Bertha had to work through the U.S. Congress and the bill reached the desk of Dwight David Eisenhower. And that's what's called the Holt Bill and basically opened up international adoption as we know it today. They're one of three agencies in Korea that will, you will adopt from if you do adopt from Korea. There's Eastern, Southwest, and then there's Holt. And it's pretty special. They've been there for that long. They do a domestic in about six states, and they have about nine international adoption programs. If you're interested in international adoption, check them out. They also do a tremendous amount of charitable work in many different countries. So if you're looking for a good charity to support for orphans, Holt's your place. So Holt International. Also, want to thank everybody for tuning in again today, and I want to give our guest, he's a real special guy, and I think you guys will enjoy it today. Anybody, thanks for tu- tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the program. One special guest today, he is a special education teacher, a baseball coach, a husband, and a father to two adopted children, plus the former boss of my wife, Today's guest, Courtney Kaler. Welcome, Courtney, to the Adoptive Dad Playbook. We are privileged hey, to have you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. Don't call me David. You know that. Uh, you call oh, okay. Call you. Oh, all right. All right. I got you. You know better yeah. than that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so for the listener, uh, me and Courtney, we uh, coached baseball together at uh, the high school that we uh, well, the school district that we both teach in, he is by far a better coach uh, than <laughs> myself, and uh, he's been there. So first off, uh, being on here, Courtney uh, is an expert. He uh, was my boss's wife, technically, correct? Is that a fair? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say you're her boss. Um, I just, 
I observed her a lot and in her class a lot. She's a, she's fantastic. And uh, you definitely married up. Um, so, yeah, so I, I would say we were more co-workers than I was being her boss. All right. Well, I always thought you were her boss. That was kind of more fun to pretend <laughs> sure, that you, you can were. You that, sure. Uh, so that's how I know Courtney. He, uh, in contrary to popular belief, he's not that bad of a guy. He gets a bad rap from uh, uh, some of our coaching friends like Frankie. And uh, I, I know that you're a good guy, Courtney. And uh, I appreciate my, that, David. You Dang. are, you are the, you're the, Second guest to have a, a, a predominantly more feminine name. The first guest was Leslie. Now we have a Courtney. So uh, I'm just really glad. Just got there. There is the bitch that I that I know really well, right there. Right. I was waiting for it. Right. Uh, so how have you? First off, how was uh, your holiday, and how are you guys doing during this COVID time? Yeah. So the holidays were um, very low key. Um, it was more or less just us four, um, and we just stayed home and chilled and, and uh, did the holiday things. Um, nice. It was cal- as calm as our house can be, and COVID-wise, um, doing our part, um, staying well, knock on wood, um, wearing our masks. Yeah, so far, all is healthy. Uh, your kids have been in school the whole time. I know mine they have. have been. Yeah, so they have been going for two days a week. And I think that's helped them a lot that will keep going. And so we'll just uh, keep on being safe and wear our masks and wash our hands a lot and practice a lot. And yeah, living the dream, man. That's all you can do in this modern day and age. Now uh, you have two children and you're married just to make yes. sure everybody knows that someone did marry yep. you. And uh, she's a lovely lady. She and- is a lovely lady. She definitely married up. And I tell her that often. And then she probably laughs at you. She does. She uh, laughs at me all the time. We are two two more of our baseball coaches we coach with have their own podcast, The Dad's Dugout. Uh, their podcast comes about once every two to three years. Absolutely. They have, they have a new episode. Uh, Matt Elder and uh, Brett and Dan Mueller, they uh, both coach. Well, I guess Dan doesn't coach anymore, but Brett does. And uh, I, I think this will be, after this episode, I'll have more than them, uh, even though they've been around for about 10 years, I think. Absolutely. So we had to give a little trouble to them. We're going to hop right into it. Uh, we're going to do yeah. our traditional warm-up questions. All right, uh, Court, uh, what is your drink of choice currently? What are you drinking? Yeah, so I am drinking Diet Mountain Dew. That's my favorite drink of choice right now. Have you had the new uh, watermelon one yet? I have not, and I probably will not. Can't wrap my mind around something that tastes good with watermelon. I love it. water. I'm watermelon well, fiend. I, well, I do too, but... It's not supposed to be in a drink. All right. That's watermelon juice is good. They have it every now and then. All right. Your second question. What is the one thing that really annoys your wife and kids that you do the most? What is that? Oh man. The one thing daily, one thing that really annoys them the most. Um, Or you can give a couple. I mean, you're probably a few. I I mean, I, I think so. If, if you ask my daughter, it would definitely be that I tend to, um, put on crazy clothes and I will hike up my uh, pants really high and I'll just walk as if it's normal. And she will, she will say, dad, that doesn't look right. And so that really annoys her. Yeah. And so I I think that's, that's one of them. And then also I think that it really annoys them when I choose to hide and jump out and scare them. I I think that that is kind of annoying because many times I don't, and as you you know, coach, that 
I can say things before I think through them. And so um, the time, the timing of the, of the jumping out and scaring might not be the right time. That's definitely annoying to him. I've I enjoy it. I've gotten in trouble for that before at school. I've done that. Uh, I don't want to get into that. It made me look really bad. So I understand that. Yeah. I think all dads probably do that to their kids at some point. Yeah. Well, because I, I think it's more of like, you know, guy or dads see it as being funny and, you know, they get them scared. Um, but, <laughs> but really, I don't think that always works out that way. My middle son, Luke, he, um, he's really turned into a mini me and it's scary. Uh, I really am reaping what I sow. My dad laughs. My dad laughs and he thinks he's being funny. And the thing that I've realized over time that it's more annoying to other people than funny. And I've trying to work with him on it. I'm like, dude, don't make the same mistakes. I It is. That's that's true. Very true. So, all right. Last question for the warm up here. What TV show are you watching or podcast or book have you read that you've really enjoyed? Okay. So TV show. Um, we, so we watch nurses a lot. Um, that's on Tuesday nights. I highly recommend it. That's about doctors, right? About nurses. <laughs> it's about <laughs> nurses. Um, and then, um, we also watch, um, Chicago PD as well. Um, and then, and then Kristen tunes into this is us. And so I've tried to tune into it. Um, but it just jumps around too much, uh, too much. And I have a hard time following it. And so, but those, those are our main shows right now. Now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. Uh, so why don't you tell us the age uh, of your two children and just kind of give us your, your story, uh, okay. about your, your adoption journey slash quote unquote, your story. So our journey started about 10 years ago. Um, so our son is eight. Um, and our daughter's seven. She just turned seven. It came down to the fact that, um, hey, guys, you're not going to be able to, to have kids of your own. And so um, that's a whole nother podcast in, in itself. Um, so I'll save that part. But we had always wanted to adopt, just didn't know when. And so God made it very clear. This is this is now. That, that was 10 years ago. And so our, our son was born um, about... 15 months after we had been put on a waiting list. Uh, did you, did you go through a private agency? Private, or? private, yep, private. Um, and so, you know, doing, doing that, there was grueling home studies, grueling questions, just, just the whole process is grueling. And, and if you make it through that part of it, you've come a long way. What was, um, what, what was maybe some of the, quite, like, just for the people that haven't gone through that, okay. what would you say are some of the things that you thought were just like some of the hardest parts of that home study and so, domestic yeah, adoption? So, yeah, so every, every question you can possibly think of and the weight of the question. So, for example, there was a question about alcohol use. Makes sense, right? I mean, and so you had to be really careful on how you answer those, because if not, they would then question and question and, and then have to show proof. And I don't know, I'm like, how do you show proof? Do you only take a picture of a beer you drink and then you put it, I, I mean, it was just kind of weird, right? Um, and so, and being our first, first actual, actual adoption process, um, we were like ultra careful in the things we said. And, you know, I 
I go back to it all the time. So our first home study, we had that house spick and span. We had it clean the baseboard. I mean, we had that sucker. It was was the cleanest it's ever been. Ever, ever. You probably could eat off the garage floor, couldn't you? Absolutely. And so so I remember um, our social worker coming by and she barely glanced in any room. And I'm thinking to myself, do you realize how much time we just spent getting this ready and money spent? And so, so. Hey, I, I, I um, feel you. I had to run out to the store the, the morning of and get uh, CO2 uh, <laughs> or, or carbon monoxide or to textures. And, right. And, and, right. And, I, and I remember I forced her. So we got ours during COVID. So I forced her literally to come in the in the closet that I was in, that I'm in right now recording this to look. I cleaned this. I made her literally walk in there. I said, clean these rooms. And That's awesome. She was but, laughing. Yeah. So just the whole process is grueling. Um, and then. And then that's whenever, whenever the wait starts, right? And so it's during that wait that you start to really question um, just a lot of things. And and I mean, and and I mean, it does, it it will bring to light your lack of faith in God, or your your, um, for lack of a better word, your total faith in God, because you have lost all control at that point in time. Yeah, I, that's that's an incredible way to put it. Let me ask you this. I'm gonna. This is kind of an unscheduled question. Absolutely, I love these. Yeah. How did your marriage? How did you see your marriage evolve, change? Did you grow closer? Yep. You think it, it was harder? Like, kind of share. That's a that's an interesting. I like the way you put that. Like how the waiting because that is true. I I have witnessed that. But yeah, expand upon your marriage. Like, okay. how did that affect your marriage? Our, so our, our our marriage was really up and down. Um. I don't handle a lot of stress. Well, um, just be, be straight, straight up on this with you. And as a man, we don't share how we feel um, nearly, nearly as much as, as our wives want us to, or should. Um, and so going back to the whole journey, journey at first, because um, our first um, match or pair or whatever um, was a failed adoption. Um, and so in that kind of how that actually looked for us was we had met uh, birth mom twice. We had eaten dinner with her. Um, we were in the same town that day that her, ba- that her child was born, got text text saying, Hey, it's a beautiful girl. She had blah, blah, blah in the middle of nowhere zero, zero, zero support, and then all just became quiet. And so at that point, both of us, Chris and I were like, something has happened. And so from, from that time, or so as soon as that happened, um, I began to, she also began to become really angry with God because God, why did you let this happen to us? And I and I'll be honest, be honest, be honest, bro. Like I, I cussed God many, many, many days. Um, how can you let this ha- happen when you know a girl down here has seven kids and I can't? I, I mean, bro, I'm just being honest with you. Like those thoughts kept ringing through my my mind of like, God, you called us to this, but you did not call us to this. Um, and so, 
so saying that guys don't share how they feel a lot of times, I did not share how I, how I was feeling. It came out in a really angry, bitter, um, not at her because it, it wasn't birth mom's fault. It wasn't, it wasn't Kristen's fault. I was mad at the world. It didn't matter who you were. And so from that time on, I just really kept, kept in how I felt. And so that came out in, in how I acted and just how I interacted. Um, and so our, our marriage hit a, hit a very low point then. Out, out of that time, I will never, ever forget. It came, is about two years after that, where finally it was like, you know what? Like I didn't really grieve that well. And I didn't, didn't allow space for also Kristen to also grieve it with me well. However, for the past two years, I had been grieving it, just not in a healthy way. And so that was a really, that, that there was a really low point in our, in our uh, marriage for us. I went through many, many therapies counseling. And I, and I also recommend that for every family period, go through therapy and counseling because adoption is like no other. Um, and I, mean, you I, think, need- I think that is an incredibly powerful testimony. And thank you for sharing that because I think sometimes we overlook, especially from a guy's perspective, how hard, you know, and, and I want to give you credit. You were one of the first people you know, cause we announced that we had a match like on Facebook and I mean, you've been super supportive of it. And, and then like you were one of the first people to reach out and share that story with me. And that meant a lot. And like that helped me out to know that I wasn't alone, but like hearing that it's so powerful because you, you, you were so open right there and you, and, and, but you weren't open with your wife because it was so painful. You can't, you can't show that, but hopefully like when some other gentleman or some other guy listens to this, they understand that it, that's going to happen. If that does happen, that, sure. you know, that it's okay to kind of open. I know yeah. that for us in our marriage, it was kind of, kind of, it was a, it was a weird deal. Now we have three kids, so we were able to kind of hide yeah. from it a little more. Like you, like you said, kind of put ourselves in like, you know, and it was the holidays. So, but I think it was compounded because it was COVID <laughs> yeah. as well. Well, but, well, and I think but, too, like, you know, because, um, and I think the hard part was too, is that like at our old house, every room set up, set up for her going, going to bed, you know, she wasn't, the, you know, so all of those, I, I mean, it was probably one of the lowest points in my own, in my own life. Um, did you, so, did you did you take down all the stuff like right away? Yes, did, did you did okay? That was my yeah, next. We took one. it down. Yeah, we yeah I. It is one of those things where it had to it had to go out because that chapter was over, right? So that's an ending point. That is closure. Um, and so were there times when I thought that's that she might change her mind? Absolutely. Did I hope she did? Absolutely. And I think that's natural to do that. But at the same time, you can't live in that, right? Because um, it wasn't meant to happen at that point in time. So then, you know, moving on, um, we had we had said yes to a lot of moms. And we had not heard, not heard a sing- single thing. We had been passed over a lot of times. And it just became a really, a really tiring few years for us. And, um, 
I, I, I would say there were times when our marriage was really good. There were times when our marriages were marriage was super poor because just the simple fact of we're tired of waiting. We're tired of going to baby showers. We're tired of buying gifts for, for we're not happy with anybody expecting at this time because we are grieving it still, right? Those were just some of the thoughts and just how our marriage worked through it all. Like there came, came a point in time where we were, so our son came 15 months after we started it. So hey, can, we were- Let me ask you this before you move sure. on. How does that process work when you mean, because you talked about like saying yes to moms, explain yeah. that because I don't even know myself. Okay. Never so, adopted domestic, uh, domestically like that from an agent. So, so, so you, you adopted, this is, is a, it's considered a agency. Is that like, how does that work exactly? So it is an agency. So birth moms come a work with them. And then if they set up a actual, a actual a birth plan, yes, I want to, 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 you know, adopt out our, my child, blah, 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 blah. Then, then what happens is they send us or sent, sent us mom, a, it is a girl. Um, she's due such and such date. Do you want to move forward? So they don't give you any background information into the actual child or mom at that point in time they would they now saying saying that they also will tell you a race at that point in time all also tell you race and us being open to all all races it didn't matter so we almost said yes to every every every, every uh, mom you know that we had options for. So then after you said yes, after a certain date, then they would then send send you out kind of the next level of information. That might be history of drug drug use, if there was drug use, um, kind of more of, of what's all going on. And so at that point in time, you can say yes, or you can say no. And so if you say yes, then you move on. Um, and then for us, at that point, the birth mom then gets our own, our own a life book. So inside our book is pictures of us, pictures of our family, everything. Did you guys put so, videos in there too? Uh, no, because at that point in time, that was like what ten years, years oh, ago, eight true. years ago. It was more just a book. It's, gotcha. Okay. You know, so they've, they, I'm, I'm sure they've moved on to more techie type stuff. This, I'm so, so glad it wasn't back then because. So this I, was like, you were trying to sell like this, from what I understand, this is the moment you're trying to sell yourself to sell the your, mom. Sell yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so like, yep. I, that was the one thing as we were kind of searching in you know, domestically, you have to sell Absolutely. yourself Absolutely. and you're almost like, how great you are. We all know how great you are, but moms may not. You know, so. <laughs> no, but like you, you have to, to, to put your best foot forward. You know, like, like this is your shot. This is your one shot. You, you either make it or you don't, you know? So, um, and so at that point, the uh, moms view it. Um, and then there's another waiting period. And so the mom has such and such time to, to view it. And I'll just tell you, man, I was on the, it, I was on my desktop, a computer every day, every message that I got from them. I'm, I'm like, wait a second, I, I have to go check, you know, put this out, blah, blah, blah. Um, so 
that's how the weight works or worked in our case. Yeah. So then I remember with our son, um, we were, so I will go back just a, a second. We were going to leave on vacation. We were going to take off, take, um, take some time off, pray more, a, and just, just, just kind of seek it out and be like, God, just to show us where you want us to go with this. What, what are you up to? Because we can't see it. And so, um, at that point in time, we had set up adoption for two boys from Ethiopia at that point in time. So we're going to come, come back from vacation and start working for these two boys. So it wasn't, I would say, a weekend before we were going on vacation and, our, um, and we had just gotten to our friend's house in um, Illinois. And got a, got a call that night about a a boy um, that that was born at 26 a weeks. Are you interested? Well, yes, we are interested. Thinking in our mind, it ain't gonna happen, man. Like like I was so down, I was so done at that point in time. I was done, but I was hurting at the same same time. So I wanted to happen. But I didn't want it to happen. I was scared. Of, yeah. So all those different feelings. Then it was, so our whole night, it was just calling, calling nurses, our friends. Hey, so there, there, there is, is a boy born at 26 weeks. What do we have? You know, if, if chosen, what are some things to look forward to because he's being born so young type of thing. At that next morning, we got up, everything's normal, got a phone call and and said, hey, so how about meeting us to see your son? And I was like, so then at that point in time, all, all of us just wept, just wept <laughs> because we're like, what? So being two and a half hours away, I made it back here in about an hour and a half. And, you were um, speeding though, right? You were with obeying all traffic laws. Oh no, I, I was speeding as fast as, as I could possibly go. And I already told her, I said, if we get pulled over, they're going to have to follow me on, on a high speed chase to the hospital because I'm not stopping. And so, so, I, I, so, yeah. so we got there and, uh, and saw, saw him and our lives were changed forever. And then, then when we spent, 55 days there with him growing and feeding and that's it. And so, um, and, and it just had happened to work out that it was toward the end of our school year. So I spent every waking moment there with him. Um, and I gained the most weight and eh, I can't say I gained the most weight, but I gained a lot of weight there because uh, they had awesome food. And I just sat there and just stared at him because at that time you could only hold him for a short, a amount of time a day. That's how our son happened. Our daughter happened pretty quickly. Um, and I was actually at school. They called and um, said, hey, there's a girl. Come on down and meet her. And so we bolted out of there and how our daughter have happened. And so it just, you know, so there's no time timeline. You just have to be ready. Now, ready meaning like your house might not be in order because our house so our daughter had zero bottles. We had nothing. And I was like, who cares? And everybody stepped, stepped, stepped up. 
and it was just a beautiful, 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 beautiful experience. That that's that's an incredible story. Like I didn't I didn't realize you had to be there for fifty five days. Fifty five days in the NICU. Now you know me, Coach. I can talk to the wall, right? And so yes, in yes, there, that's there, true. In in there, I I knew everybody, and the folks that were next next to us, like they called my name was Tom. They thought that my name was Tom, so they called me Tom the whole time, and I just let them call me Tom. And and the nurses are like, your name's not. I, I know, but that's just Tom. Well, I'm, maybe I'm Tom. maybe you just wanted to be called Tom. I mean, that's you know, so, <laughs> from so, speeding so fast to get exactly. there. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's how we got our our kids, and so that was just a beautiful experience. Now, now looking back, I see where God had worked in every one of those. The timing of it all, um, and and just how just how he. He showed he showed up even in in the midst of our doubts. It was it was a really growing experience, a hard experience, a a hurting experience, but beautiful at the same time. And that's that's what it's all about. I mean, just that's what adoption is. And I think sometimes we think of like the old school Oliver Twist. I'm going to go to the adoption. I'm going to pick up a kid, and that's the way it's going to be. It, it, it's more so much more than that. The struggle is real. For, I mean, like yours is a great example of how you and your wife were unable to have children, and then you had to battle through this as well. Like you know, my wife and I, we we had three. We have three biological sons, so I don't even know that struggle that you have, like in the aspect of waiting, right? And then not like I have three boys who keep me very busy because all they want to do is play Fortnite, Minecraft, and so. But I couldn't imagine losing a child, waiting around, and like seeing those remembrances. Like my kids at least kept me occupied sure. with my thoughts for the most part. Like, that's an incredible testimony to you and your wife, just your your trust and your faith and that. So both your children are African-American. They are. And kind of, how has that been like for you? What has that journey kind of been like? Just kind of briefly share with us, what are some things that you have dealt with or share, or just share, just overall, kind of share with yeah. that, what it's been like. Yeah, so I'll keep this, PG. So I want to say first that people will say many times that, oh, you are such an actual blessing to them. Like, like we are their save savior. No, they have parents. And so they, they, you know, X, Y, and Z, a total a myth that I, that I, that I just want to blow out of there. Like, like we're not, we're not in, we're not going to rescue anybody. So like, they they actually bless us. Adoption is a blessing. We're not b- better than the ones who can have kids on their own. Okay, so I just want to clear that up. We're not we're we're no no better greater than anybody else. Our our road just looks a lot different than other families, and it looks different too because both of our kids are black. And so being being raised in a small <clears throat> Illinois town. That is that was totally white ten years ago. Um, there there was a lot of of questions um, and a lot of looks, really looks from older white women and um, some older black women around here. And and it's still um, it's it's it still happens now. Um, but but Chris and I come from a place of. They just aren't, they just don't know. And they aren't, they don't, they don't know. They just don't know. 
And so their response is, well, you're white and they're black. What is that about? What, what happened? (laughs) What happened? Like you, you, you took them off of the street or you took them out of something bad and you uh, rescued them. So that is a constant battle that, that is fought um, in our own mind and also outwardly. Um, And just knowing that, like, just because these kids are black doesn't, doesn't make them lesser or it doesn't mean they, they were actually worse off. And at the same time, they have a struggle that they don't know yet. Saying that in keeping it PG, that we are constantly battling those stereotypes. We are constantly battling that just because they are black and we are, we are white does not make us a wonderful family. So God has called us to many, many different, different colors and, 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 and all that. So God chose to bring us of mixed race together and make us one beautiful family. Now it is a broken one. I will say it's a, it is a broken mess here. It's a wonderful makeup. And so um, just, just, uh, just the constant, um, what are people thinking? There are some folks around us now. There's a neighbor of ours, actually. He is a black man, a, old, a older black man. And I think like he thinks we are above because we adopted two black kids. And so, you know, I, I think that is our biggest, our, our biggest deal is just, it's just a race. But yes, they do have they do have their their own issues with race, and and our family is very open about the history of race um, and how far that has come, and still still some definite barriers that also Kristen and I and our families fight and will fight, um, and knowing that they're not not alone in this fight, um, and that though though your mom and dad dad are are white we are fighting with you and for for you so those those are some of some of, of the biggest issues that we're that you know we face when uh, when you like so when you go out in let's say public do in the term that i've learned is microaggression i don't know if that's a term mm-hmm. that you do you see that a lot have you caught i know for me going through our adoption training that is something that I didn't even realize myself that would be considered like a, 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 a racist thing yep. more so that it's a, a quote unquote microaggression. Like, yep. do you, do you, do you see that a lot? Because I mean, that's the one thing that I hear about. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I think, I think there early on, I was, well, both of, both of us were very open. Our eyes were really opened to just the looks that we got. And then the stairs that, that we got. Um, many times, both of, both of us had to um, uh, bite our tongue. And so, yeah, I, I think those, and even now, like with all, all of the stuff going, going on, still getting those looks of like, what are you doing? And I'm like, bro, like, like I'm fighting for my kids. Like these are my own. These are my, these are, my kids and yes, I can be white and still fight for them, even though they're black. I can still fight for them because they are image bearers, just like you are, a creative, just like you are. They just don't have that same color. Fighting, fighting that fight, and so yeah, there are those times when I'm like, I'm like, why are they staring at us? 
Um, what are they thinking? Um, and we should probably have a conversation about it. Um, your kids are old enough, probably. I mean, I, seven or eight, seven and eight. Do, have they brought it up to you? Have they oh, said anything? Okay. What are some things like, and how do you respond to that as a dad? Or, and maybe so, Krista, what has she done? Like, what could yeah. you give advice to people? Because I know I'm going to probably go through that. Like, yeah. as a, like what, what do you say? So we are very open. We're very open with what is going on in our world. We're very open with what has happened. We're very open with what had happened and what caused all of this. Um, our, our kids are very aware that that their mom and dad are white and they are brown, brown skinned. We also talk a lot about, they will be talking about one of their, their friends at school. And, and I'll say, is, is it the brown skin Nick or, or, or the white skin Nick? And so um, just knowing, knowing that it's just common around our house to talk about race, to, to talk about um, what's going, going, going on now, but not only to talk about it, but, how can we make it better? Just kind of laying a actual groundwork as they get older, that here are some things you, you might face. Here's what mom and dad are going to do to fight this fight with you. Cause it's not going away. I wish it could, but it's not going to go away. So here is how, here is how to handle yourself. And so it's just a constant. It's a, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, our life. It's just, it's just how it's going to be, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important. I love the fact you talk about it's open. And I think too, too, also one of the most annoying comments that I heard and also today, like I, I, I could talk about this all day long, but I, you just pick your battles. You just pick what, what is, you know, a worth the fight, but I, I mean, or who, who to actually not fight with, but talk with. I hear often, like, I don't see color. And that's not not true. That's not a true statement at all. Um, and usually when you say I don't see color, that means you totally see color. That's one of the statements that I have heard. Um, and I've also, whenever I, it's it, the best part though, and I, and I get much pleasure out of this. The best part is when I have just met someone or something like that. And I start talking about my kids and I show them my kids and they kind of step back and look. And then, then it's just like quiet. And I'm, and I'm like, what? And then another one we got often and still do at times, they'll ask our ask us, are they twins? They look nothing alike. They're just saying that because they're black. They're, they look nothing alike. And so it's, you know, yeah, they're twins. Yeah, they are. They are. Yep. Or, or, or here, here is a better one, Dave. Are they from America or, or, or where, where are they from? <laughs> you know, those, those type of questions. And, you know, and you say Illinois, are they from Illinois? I mean, that's yeah, probably yeah. the country. So anyway. it, it, so it all goes back to people just are not educated in the adoption world. So those are just some of the normal questions or well, comments. I think it's really important that we as people and something that I realize is that I don't think most people overtly want to go out and be racist. I think the idea of, you know, I, I'm not a member of the KKK. I'm not in the, you know, the neo-Nazi. Uh, I mean, doesn't mean there's not things we can all work on. And I think that's a great way to put it the way you kind of said it, just little, the little things that you 
deal with maybe the looks and not even the meaning looks, but like, Oh, your child's black. Are they twins? And that's, you know, yeah. It, and, that's, and, that's I'll great. Say, say, and I'll say this and then, and then move, move on. But, um, um, I, whenever you talk about racism and I, I'm, I'm going to keep it, keep it PG for you. I, I know how you get sometimes we got to, got to, um, you know, down. it's, it's, it's kind of like, and I've heard this too, whenever I've talked to someone about, you know, you know, race or racism. Um, well, I have black friends. Great. Perf, perfect. You have black friends, but what's going on in the world does not bother you and you don't see it, then you don't have black friends. And, and so that's just, that's just kind of one of those things. That was great. There. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> That was great. So kind of wrapping up kind of a couple of last quick questions. If you had a billboard perspective, adoptive dad was driving by, what would you put on that billboard? Like what's something that you would put and why? What I would put on the billboard is uh, that's a really good question. There's so, there's so, there's so many things that come, come to my mind. Um, Parenting adopted children will bring to light your need for Jesus more and more every day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, all right, kind of what's, what's been your favorite part of being a dad? What's the thing you enjoy most? Mm, being a dad. I, well, being a sports guy, my son is super soccer player and he's a stud. I, I mean, I, I know that I'm his dad, but I, Oh, here we go. But the dude's <laughs> a stud soccer player. My daughter, my daughter is, she's, Oh my gosh. Uh, she is so talented in so many, many ways. I, I just think watching them just blossom in their element, um, you know, and also to, to Dave, like, like um, knowing that, or you and I didn't talk a, about this, but being a dad of two special need, needs kids, um, that's a whole different podcast. I think that um, just being able to watch them blossom, watching all the hard work start to show itself true. That's, um, that's great advice. I think that's so just awesome the way you put that. And I mean, I know that you have been extremely, I'm just knowing you and how supportive you've been in my adoption and uh, just seeing you with your kids. It's been awesome. And uh, thanks, man. you just do a great job. And I know that your job as a special ed teacher and the boss of my wife at one point um, <laughs> prepared you uh, for that. And I think that's, you just, you're you know, with your kids being special needs and you being a special ed teacher I think that's awesome. And I think that's probably helped you out a lot uh, in many cases, probably, I would assume. Correct. Yeah, it has. It, it has. Yeah. But Hey, so I mean, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Courtney. And I appreciate it, Dave. No, you are awesome. And I, I cannot appreciate, tell you how much I appreciate you for being so supportive. Uh, he bought all the little crafts that I made this summer. I really, and he drove all the way out to my house to get them, which was even better. Uh, so. And also not only, no, 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 but not only to your house, but I had to cross the river. Oh, that's, tr- house. that's true. We, we, uh, one, one <laughs> Halloween, Elder uh, Kim and Boner all came over and they were like, oh, I'm never doing this again. It's so far away. <laughs> well, now Kim, Jay Kim lives. He lives across the river. So uh, <laughs> he got nothing to say, but it's your, your story is so great. And I appreciate you sharing. And Thank you, Dave. So open for all it. these men. I know that you have a Facebook page. Do you have t- Instagram or Twitter or anything? You want I, to I do have a Twitter page. Um, I stalk a lot of folks on 
on Twitter. Um, and I don't post much on, on there, but, uh, but Dave, I am like, if there are guys that just, just hash out things or, Hey man, I am losing my mind. Um, I am more than more than open to talking or find finding help. Uh, because I know a lot of folks and a lot of different, different, different resources, um, for dads. Do you, uh, so what's your, what's your Twitter handle? Um, it is C uh, underscore and then Kaler, K-O-E-A-L-E-R. I'll, uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but yeah. Okay. So, man, you've done a great job. I appreciate you, you. You have a great I appreciate you. evening and thanks for listening. It's always good. It's always good seeing your face, Dave. What a great episode. Uh, I appreciate Courtney Kaler for coming in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the listen. You can find his socials on this in the show notes below i cannot thank you guys enough for listening again make sure you follow us on the instagrams the socials the twitters and all that good jazz uh please share the word other than that i hope you guys have a great night and until next time stay healthy stay safe thank you bye thanks for listening to the adoptive dad playbook be sure to follow us on social media